Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And over the years, I have met a lot of families and been into many homes, and sometimes there are families that just really stick out for good reasons and for bad reasons. And today is like kind of a little bit of both. I am really, really honored to have Caitlin and Michael Alsop on the podcast with me today. This is actually kind of kickstarting a series where I'm talking to families about how they do bedtime routine. It is incredibly amazing to me that you guys are hungry to see other people doing this, like not just the way Becca teaches, but like what do other families do in real life? So Caitlin and Michael are joining me to talk about how they do bedtime routine routine for their one-year-old and their three-year-old as a team. And that's why I wanted them on this podcast. I have never been into a home where I saw mom and dad and partners working as a team like Caitlin and Michael were. I came and got started with them, and they'll, we'll share a little bit about this in the episode, but I, I came to their home when Evie was nine months old, and I was completely struck by how they worked so in syncly with her. Neither one of them wanted to miss anything. They were both there for the bath. They were both there for the brushing of the teeth. They were both there for the lotion, for the jammies, for the feed, for the good night kisses, everything. And it was amazing to see them work in unison. And so when we kind of charted out, we wanted to do this bedtime series on families who are working at home together, who are working separately, who have dad deployed, who are doing this solo. I knew that Caitlin and Michael had to get this started, especially as a family who's working together on a seemingly sometimes difficult part of the day, which is getting your child to go to sleep. Now, if you're not familiar with Caitlin and Michael, I want to tell you a little bit about Caitlin and why, if you don't know who she is, you should definitely go check her out. Caitlin started her professional photography journey as a junior in college and was shooting 25, over 25 weddings annually within her second year of business. After growing and growing and gaining recognition in national publications like Professional Photographers Magazine, The Knot, Southern Living Weddings, Southern Weddings, and multiple other publications, such as Stanley Pretty, Brides, Inspired by This, Real Simple, and more, she began teaching and coaching photographers from all over the country and internationally. In 2015, she was named Top 10 Educators to Watch by Rangefinder Magazine and has had the honor of speaking at conferences all over the world. In 2012, Caitlin was joined by her husband, Michael, and they are officially a husband and wife team. Since joining forces, they average eight to 10 weddings annually while teaching thousands of photographers through their online courses. They are parents to daughter Everly, son, Graham, and they have a sweet baby boy, James, in heaven. They are passionate about traveling, home design, spending time dreaming and brainstorming with their closest friends, and I can tell you they are genuine people. I know half of you listening already know who Caitlin and Michael are, and half of you listening who do know who they are You found me because of them. And I tell Caitlin this all the time that I'm so grateful for her sharing about Little Z's, which has just expanded our reach. And I'm grateful for her and for Michael because of that. So without getting too much more long-winded, let's get into the episode with Caitlin and Michael. I'm excited to chat with you guys. I'm sure you've never probably talked about your bedtime routine on a podcast before. (laughs) No, it's a first, but I love it. And um, we started this idea with this. We're starting this little series about different how different people do their bedtime routines. I didn't think people were super interested in that. And we started to do these takeovers where our students would take over my Instagram 
and our like viewership just like doubled. I was like, okay, so you guys want to see other people (laughs) do the, do their routines. Yes. That's great. Yeah. So I'm excited to chat with you guys about that and, um, we'll just roll through what you guys normally do and all the fun little things that seem normal, but we can talk. Yes. They yeah. probably they probably want to know like oh do other people not do everything that Becca tells them to do <laughs> seriously though <laughs> I get I'll see I'll watch it from like Chad's account and I'm like oh, okay you shared that all right all right that's fine that's fine <laughs> that's fine we after our story we've kind of been you know more lax with Graham I almost feel like it's because we it, oh, I feel like we have in our back pocket we know how to fix things. Yeah. And it's, it's like, we know, like if it gets out of control, we, we know what Becca would say. (laughs) We know what we need to do, but I think it's been, we're not as much in crisis mode because with Evie, we were like, what the heck is wrong? And with Graham, it's like, well, we know what's wrong because we never took his passy. Like we we took it away at four months and gave it back at six months. And that's why we're having problems. So it's like, we, we can discipline ourselves now. We know what we're doing wrong. (laughs) And that's like, that's huge though, because you have that knowledge and that's what I hope people have is, you know, even if it is just a, you know, one kid I work with and you have other kids, like, you know, what's happening, you know, what, you know, the problems are Mm -hmm. and you feel more empowered. And that's like, that's my greatest hopes. I hope just people feel empowered. They know what to do. So. Yes. It, it's so empowering to, you know, when he wakes up, uh, we know what's happening. We know that he's not in pain. He's not freaking out. We don't need to go rescue him. We can clearly see he just can't find his passy. <laughs> we know <laughs> the problem. So um, in a lot of ways, you know, recently, um, the poor kid, we, it's his birthday today, actually. He's That's what I thought. Today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday to him. I know. Um, we saw, I think it was a couple nights ago. Um, we just looked at the monitor. We're like, you're on your own, bud. You're on your own. And he, you know what? We just leave him when with Evie, we would have rushed up. We just left him and he fell back asleep. She's talking so confidently. Okay. (laughs) I'm the one that's like, I think we should wait 10 minutes. And she's like, well, how long has it been? I'm like, it's been three minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Got seven more minutes. (laughs) Yeah. He's more. It really is that. And the whole idea for the, this podcast series is it's like everybody has a different relationship in their team. And um, you guys came right to my mind with this. We were looking at, okay, we want to have like a working from home um, team. We want to have like a corporate parent team. We want to have like the solo parenting team. And I, I love, I don't go a lot to people's homes anymore, but I loved watching like everybody does it differently. Even it's the same steps, it's mm-hmm. the same steps, but, like everybody does it differently. And I will never forget that you guys were like this, you did everything together. Like you did every, every step of the way. And it was like, even though it was not a hugely new routine, it was just seamless. Like you were right there doing the bath with Evie. You were right there doing everything together with her, which is probably seems super normal for you. Like, well, of course we're both going to give Evie a bath. Like it's fun. (laughs) But like, then I've been in other homes where it's like the dad is downstairs, you know, doing something else. And mom's got to yell down, Hey, would you get the bottle ready? You know, and it's just this like total (laughs) difference. So seeing in person, how everybody does it differently, um, is so crazy. And I I could start to tell, like when I would go to someone's house, be like, this is going to be successful versus this is going to be really difficult to get you both on the same page. Um, and that's why I really wanted to dig into what you guys do for your routines, because now that you have two toddlers, 
which is probably crazy to think of. Um, yes. You're probably changing and just different. Yes, very much so. Yeah. I um, First of all, I didn't really consider the fact that because Graham is one, he's like a toddler now, which is just a little bit heartbreaking. Sorry, I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's definitely, um, I would say with Evie, we were definitely the new parents that we just really, truly enjoyed She's, she's so funny. She's entertaining. And I, I didn't want to miss out on bedtime. So I think we did bedtime together also because we just had the capacity to, and now that we have two, we have recognized very clearly. Divide and conquer. We have to divide and conquer. (laughs) And, um, and a lot has changed really in the last few months because Graham has, he's, he's ending his nursing journey and so I am not really needed at, at bedtime with him like I used to, like in the past. It was a, you know, I would, I would nurse him before bed, and, um, but that's not part of his routine because he's not, there's, there's not much milk there. So we have transitioned into a different routine with him. Um, and it's been nice to be able to switch it up because for almost a year, our routine was that Michael was on Evie duty and I was on Graham duty. And that was out of necessity. Um, but now we're getting to change things up a little bit these last few months. And I think that's been fun. Yeah. I've been able to give Graham bottles with whole milk and Mm -hmm. I mean, that's only been the past couple of weeks, I guess, but Mm -hmm. yeah, we're in a transition season. So even trying to figure out now, Evie's getting a little more connected to mommy. Um, yes. And so she lets me do bath time with her still, but wants mommy to put her to bed and is like adamant. It's like, well, fine. I'll just leave the room then if I'm not wanting. Yes, I know. She's very opinionated. So our pattern has been, um, actually, Graham is a really messy eater. So a lot of times dinner will end. Michael's like, I got to put him in the tub. So Michael will do bath time with him because he is a disaster. And I get a bottle ready um, and I can kind of help prep Graham for bed while Michael then starts a bath with Evie. Yeah. Give Graham, I can give Graham a bottle, but then once Evie is, she's done her routine and she's ready for like the bedtime routine or the bedroom routine. Like we've done hair detangling, we've done the teeth brushing. Now it's time to do, you know, story, prayer, song, leave the room. A lot of times we transition back to me doing that. Yeah. Um, so I also think though, Evie's really smart and she knows that mama's a little easier to manipulate yeah. and like, Mama, leave the door cracked, or Mama, don't go yet. One more song. <laughs> yes, she um, she knows how to work the system, but um, yeah, I think that it's it's nice to have a flex, a different level of flexibility now. And um, I will say something that we've been doing that has helped Evie get excited, more excited about the bedroom bedtime routine is if. Timing-wise, it works out, and mess-wise, you know, Graham can be around downstairs a little longer. We will let Evie take a bath with her brother, and that is like a reward, uh, and it's something that, I don't know if Graham, I mean, he gets really excited about it, but Ev, Evie really loves taking a bath with him, so that is a reward that we use and a, kind of a, a tactic we use to get her upstairs without fussing, um, and it works really well right now. We'll see how long that lasts, but... Um, yeah, that, I kind of think that is, that's the routine that we have been adapting. I really do think we're in a transition, but it's a good transition with more freedom um, for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think toddler bedtimes, 
are meant to be fun and enjoyable and connecting. And I teach a lot about this is like the last final moment where you just get to enjoy them and let them play and let them get that last little bit of energy out. And um, I mean, y'all know I have girls, not boys, but I tell families all the time, like boys are different. They have this like new level of energy and you'll yes. probably find like, and that transition, it is a transition, like at this 12 month mark where their bedtime routine is almost like the permission just to be like, Graham, get it all out of you. Like just jump up and down yes. for 10 minutes. Like don't care. Just whatever you need to do, like get it out of you. Have you noticed a difference in their physical needs already? Oh, Graham, Graham used to be so easy. Like you would give him his bottle, like read a book and like you'd stand up to take him to his crib and he would like lean forward, like to, Ready. Like, to fall in the crib and you'd lay him down and he'd tuck his arms under his belly and then just lay his head down, and he was out almost it, immediately. Before you left the room, he was so ready to be asleep. And now, like, <laughs> now. he realizes, he's like, wait, you're leaving? Like, where are you going? Well, a pattern that has also been happening, which honestly could be a part of a new routine, is that by the time he is almost done with his bottle and we're getting ready to finish bedtime, that's right when Evie is being a crazy woman, just got out of the tub with her towel on her head, runs in the room, wants to say goodnight to baby Gam, but she is so wired that he gets super wired. And it is, I mean, it's Second like wind. something comes over him. I can't keep him in my arms. He's trying to get away from me and he just wants to run around. So I've been letting him get his energy out, like you said. And honestly, that's, that's helpful. Now, if I can keep Evie away, then I can kind of keep him in a chill mode. But Evie is an instigator of energy. <laughs> that's that's fun though. And they may have, I don't know what time their bedtimes are now. Um, what, what time do they typically, do you stagger bedtimes for them? Well, normally he gets in bed around 7.30 and she is close after. Now, when she actually falls asleep is different, but she we attempt a 7.30 bedtime. <laughs> and even when I love like in the summer months, because I think I remember we talked about doing a little bit of a later bedtime for Evie. I think we talked about like summertime bedtimes. Having that little yes. bit later is great. Um, and is yeah. she still napping? Is she napping anymore? She does um, rest time and it used to turn into a nap, but recently it is she is so stubborn, Becca. You know, you know how stubborn she is. So she actually does very well though with rest time and she can keep her composure to be till bedtime without meltdown. So we know that she's okay without a nap. Whereas a couple she'll, she'll stay in her bed and read, like flip through books for I mean, a, while. a good 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then look up at her camera and go, mama, can I come downstairs now? Like, okay. I guess you're not taking a nap today. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Evie was easily on my top five nap problem children. Easy. Yes. <laughs> like I remember, I remember you saying after a month of us trying and she just would not give in. I remember you saying something like, I, you know, guys, I, I honestly think that this is one of my greatest challenges. She's teaching me a lot. And as a parent, I was just like, oh my gosh, we have a problem child. But, but we have learned that that is just very indicative of her personality. She is, she's got a bold personality. She's strong-willed and doesn't want to miss out. Doesn't want to miss out. She's such an extrovert and, um, and so, and it's interesting. Um, I don't think I've even uh, shared this with you, Becca, but we, uh, you mentioned to me, I don't know, maybe when she was little and we were talking back and forth, you, I think you asked me if she 
snores all the time. She snored a little bit, I remember. And um, you asked if that was a consistent thing. And we said no, and we didn't think it was. But my mom, who is an RN, she's very aware of anything medical. She recently had her at the lake house, just her and our kids. And she noticed that Evie, um, she is snoring heavily like all the time and to the point where it's hard for her to get air in. So we actually just took her to an ENT and she has sleep apnea from her tonsils being too big. So she is on a wait list. Yeah, thanks to the coronavirus, we, getting tonsils out is non or whatever elective surgery. Yes, yeah. so we, we can't help her with this until they allow surgeries. But it's so interesting. Um, you know, sleep apnea for children is purely mechanical. It's it's literally they just can't get the air in that they need. And so when Evie has been having some trouble as a three year old, I don't like bedtime. You know. The typical whining. We've we have started to realize that there is an aspect of sleep for her that is uncomfortable, and she's not getting good sleep like she used to because of this this problem getting air in when her muscles relax. And so we are excited, um, not excited for surgery, but excited to find relief for her. Uh, and I just think that goes to show. I mean, all children are different, um, but I am thankful. I, I remember you pointing out like the question. Does she always snore? Because I, I don't think children, you know, they're not supposed to snore like this constantly. Right. Um, so, and so that has turned into something that's a kind of a bigger issue for us, but we're excited to have answers for why she has struggled some. Yeah. And yeah. one of her phrases she always says is, I don't know how to go to sleep. And we're like, Evie, you, you do, do, you you do, do it, it every night. <laughs> yeah. You do know how, but yes. yeah, we don't know if that was just from like discomfort from like waking up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I actually recorded her a few times and showed it to the doctor and I had like four or four or five videos to show him. And he looked at one video and said, that's all I need to see. She has sleep apnea and we'll take her tonsils out. I'm like, okay, all right, we're going to do this. So, um, it's, it's impressive to me that she has been able to sleep as well as she has her first three years of life, knowing that she's had this problem and the normal struggles of sleep that children have, uh, it just goes to show that I think our systems that we've learned have helped her, despite the struggle that we didn't really know that she had until recently, still be able to sleep and fall asleep. So, so thank you, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it is very interesting because, you know, I think as, I mean, hey, my, even our name is like little Z's. Everybody thinks Z's like, oh, snoring. That's so like, (laughs) that's like a thing that old people do and ha ha ha. They wake themselves up. And the very first book that I read in, in, when I got started in training, um, was the promise of sleep by the man who founded the national sleep foundation. And he Mm -hmm. talked about that, like snoring is like, should never be normal. And the reason that like old men, when they're like in the recliners, they like wake themselves up is because literally their body's like, alert, alert, you're not getting oxygen. Like, you're, you're <laughs> yes. And I yes. calling my mom and being like, mom, you have a problem. Like, you yes, stop snoring. <laughs> but it, is, it is the most like common sleep disorder for sure. Um, snoring yes. and uh, snoring and mouth breathing. And mouth breathing is related to adenoids, but yeah, definitely uh, g- great that y'all are able to figure that out for sure. Yes. Sit on your mom and call that out. <laughs> so I want to know when they go down to sleep, what is your life like? Do you shut down work stuff? Are you like, nope, this is like, I can finally have peace and quiet with nobody here. What does the, like, after the kids go to bed, what is that time like for y'all? Well, we are very different human beings. Michael and I are wired so differently. Um, I view after bedtime as 
oh my gosh, everything I didn't get done, I can get done right now. Michael views it as, oh man, I cannot wait we saw, <laughs> to hit the couch. We saw this meme last night on Facebook. It was like, there are two types of people in the world. One that says, oh man, it's already 10 p.m. And one that says, oh, it's only 10 p.m. <laughs> And, and they and they normally marry each other, and that's that's us. Yes. Where I'm like, oh, it's already 10 p.m. Time to go to I bed. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> um, so we actually have to work really hard at going to bed at the same time because that does not come naturally to us. But um, I will say that Michael is really good. One of his gifts is being able to turn off the to-do list and relax. And I, she hasn't always viewed it as a gift. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've, it, it's taken a lot of relational coaching to help me see that, um, you know, he's not lazy. He's just gifted in contentment and relaxation. <laughs> um, there was a little bit of a tone with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is, you know, and, but the truth is I, I'm not a workaholic all the time. I, it, there's, there are gifts in my need to get stuff done, but I do realize, um, you know, that not every night of the week can be a get stuff done after bedtime. It, there are nights we just need to relax and hang out together. Um, sometimes we even during this crisis season, we have not been able to go to the gym. So I'll go to the basement and use our elliptical. I call it the dungeon. I'll do the elliptical downstairs. I've seen. It does not look very pleasant. No, it's not pleasant. Uh, I just work out with the spiders. It's no big deal. Um, But yeah, I think we do view bedtime as just such a gift to us though. It's like, man, once we get them down, it, that is just our, you know, that that's our glorious moment of freedom. And our kids do sleep um, minus Graham having a few little hiccups here and there are, you know, Evie sleeps through the night. She's been getting up recently at like seven 30. I mean, it's great. So we know that once they're down, they're down and we truly, it's not like, Oh, we got to do something before they wake up in an hour. Um, so that's, that's a true gift to us. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it literally is the best part of the day. Yeah. <laughs> when yes. they're just, you know, like, okay. I'm I'm done momming. Like I can put that parent card away. <laughs> yes, exactly. In the morning, and it's, we yes. did have a season with Evie where she would. I mean, the whole like I don't know how to fall asleep, and she would like sit and read and sing and talk and sometimes get out of her bed. Like there was a season where we had to like watch the monitor almost for like an hour. I feel like she just really and who knows? It could have been a season where. She was starting to recognize that it, it's a struggle for her to stay asleep with her breathing issues. Um, or it could have just been that she's a three-year-old and she was... <laughs> I want to read one more book. <laughs> yes. Um, but she, you know, I would come down, you know, I'd be done with Graham and Michael would put Evie down and I'd say, is she not down yet? And I would just hear her singing at the top of her lungs in her room. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where we're like, you know what, eventually she will go to sleep and she has moved out of that phase. But there was a phase for a while where we would just look at the monitor and be like, she's still singing in she's the dark. Sitting there. She's singing in the dark. <laughs> so. um, we did get the, oh, I can't remember the name of it. The, the nightlight hat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And she loves that. She yes. loves her color. Mm-hmm. She knows what color means to stay in bed and what color means to wake up. And yeah. She's waiting for the birds to start chirping in the morning. That means she can get out of bed. And <laughs> yes. It is an awesome now. cue. It is so good. And 
three years old is like, is Hattie's about to turn four in like a week. And I'm kind of sad because three was my favorite. Three oh. So fun. Like they can kind of relate to you and like mm-hmm. they can pick up on your cues. And they're like, oh, you, you look sad, sad moment. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, and they just so get sweet. empathy and energy. And it's like, it's just a magical age. It is. Yeah, what has she been telling you recently? Like, no, mama, you're brave. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll say something like, um, I don't even know what, like, something like, well, mama's got a lot to do, but you're going to go and play with, with Mimi um, so mama can get all this work done. She goes, you can do it, mama. You're brave. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she is so funny. And um, she is very aware of other people's emotions. And she's um, also very aware of, her, which, well, maybe, maybe not so aware of her own emotions. We, we do have some meltdowns where it's like, can you explain to me where all these tears are coming from? And sometimes it's, it's moments of like, really that required a meltdown, you know? So I'm sure there's more of that to come, but we are definitely in that season. Oh yeah. Um, Ellie, when she was three, I'll, I'll never forget. She was like crying so hard. And Chad was like, what is wrong? And she literally was like, I don't know. And I was like, like, get ready for teenage years. This is exactly what it's going to be like. I remember crying when I was 13 years old, not knowing why. Like, this is what it is. That is so funny. There's a three-nager is like a thing, but. Oh yeah. And, and they're so fun to watch growing up and just, I mean, she literally is like so obsessed with Graham. I just love watching it. So cute. Oh, she is. And she's so, um, she's so mothering, which is very sweet. And if she was five years old and not three years old, it, it would actually be very helpful. But the mothering right now is, I mean, she, I'll find it's her. Like chokehold. Like, yeah. come on, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she will take a, um, she'll take a fork, like a, a, normal size fork and try to start feeding him food, but just stabbing him in his cheek. And I'm like, Oh gosh, Ev, you know, let's just leave that to mom and dad. We'll, we'll take care of that. But she does love him. She does not like being separated from him. And, um, you know, watching your, your children love being siblings and being friends. That's probably the greatest gift of watching him grow up and get more interactive and, um, we really, really love that. That's awesome. I frequently have the girls look at each other when they're mad and be like, tell them you love them. You're her best friend. Yeah. Remember that. You know? yeah. Forever. 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 <laughs> um, well, I want you guys to share a little bit about your, your newest, your podcast. You just launched your legacy podcast, which connects all about, obviously we were talking about family here. So tell us about your podcast. Well, I have to tell you, um, you know, the podcast was something that um, we say was not born out of the desire to have a podcast, it was kind of born out of the necessity of having a podcast because when we were creating YouTube videos, if I talked on any topic in regards to growth in our marriage, parenting, our mother, my motherhood journey, um, our story with our baby James that we lost at 31 weeks, you know, anything in that realm. So kind of the idea of how we're building into the legacy of our life. I just talked way too long and no one on YouTube is going to watch a 45 minute video. Um, I mean, maybe they will, who knows, but we just realized, um, especially for our, our audience is full of, um, thousands of women who are photographers and who are moms and they just don't have time to sit down and watch something, but they can listen. And so we just started, we decided to launch the legacy podcast and it's very new and it's very simple, but it is um, something that I am really excited about because 
I've noticed in business, especially being in business for 12 years, that if you don't have some part of your business that you are really pouring your passion into, it's not that I don't have a passion for photography. I do. But with the seasons of life we've recently been through, I have a passion for sharing how we've survived them and what we've learned. And now I feel like I have an outlet for that. And, um, and I'm really excited to be able to, you know, it could be post bedtime. I'll just go in my closet, record a podcast episode episode. And that is like relaxing to me. Maybe not so much to Michael. Michael's like, come, come finish our shows. We've got shows to watch. Um, so who knows exactly what it will turn into, but it is a space to be able to share that part of our life. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll definitely put the links below so people can check that out. And I'm, you. I know it's going to be a, uh, your the storytelling aspect of yes, your life and and what God has done in your life and what that looks like. So, mm-hmm. so good. Thank you. Thank y'all both Thank for taking time to chat with me about your bedtime routine. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. know. I, I feel like our, um, our bedtime routine is maybe it's because of the transition we're in, but we are learning new rhythms in it. And I think the flexibility of being able to say, okay, we have a one-year-old who has changed drastically. We're reimagining what bedtime looks like. And, um, and I don't know if other parents have shared this with you, but um, maybe it's just us, but we have found, you know, we don't want to miss out consistently on one of our kids' bedtimes. Like I don't want the next six months to miss out on Graham going to bed. So I do think there's a kind of an art to alternating. Yeah. Um, also because, you know, Effie gets attached to one person. So we got to make sure we we balance that a little bit. Well, and then I think too, we're inter- entering this new season where like Evie wants Graham to stay in her room, you know, and like <laughs> we just new, new requests and we're like, hmm, no, that's probably not a good idea. No, we're not doing that. But then also, you know, like when we travel, you know, or go to the family lake house, like sometimes we all are in the same room. And yeah. so, you know, she experiences that and then it's like, well, why can't he sleep in my room when we come home, you know? And because he doesn't have to, and that would be a disaster. And <laughs> <laughs> you would talk to them all night. Bed immediately. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So our bedtime routine, I feel like is transitioning, but it has been effective and it all started with back in the day, you visiting when Evie was like nine months old. And oh. I remember, I remember you saying, all right, well, we are going to go ahead and take the passiveway tonight. And I was like, oh, you don't understand. That's not going to go This is well. not going to go well, <laughs> Becca. And then she slept for 12 hours straight. And I'm like, I will do anything this woman says. <laughs> she took beautifully tonight. She just really just worked yeah, the naps. hard for naps. Yeah. Yes. If anyone's listening and their child doesn't immediately nap well with the system, it took our child literally a month, a full <laughs> month. The day she finally laid her head down and fell asleep for a nap, I bawled my eyes out. I was so relieved. We had tried so hard. And the, what's crazy is once she got it that one day, she has never struggled with that. Like she, she, she was, had, you know, some transitional seasons where they're going through a leap or something changes, but overall she, in her younger years, always knew how to nap. And so I'm very thankful. (laughs) Oh man. I, I will never forget. I was in Elwood Thompson parking lot and we had been boxering about her. It was nap time. And I just remember being like, Oh my gosh. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. What to I'd like compose myself and be like, let's think through everything, Becca. Let's think. <laughs> I just well, you know what? that vividly. <laughs> I could not tell that you were stressed. You always seem to have a plan and you're like, it's okay. She is normal. When really you're probably thinking she's far from normal, <laughs> but we will figure it out. 
you can never let exhausted parents know that like there's a crisis behind the scenes or like you don't have it together like i'll yeah. tell you later but right now i'm your rock <laughs> yes i'm your rock we will get through this and we did it just took forever so there is hope there is hope for the stubborn children of the world Definitely, definitely. Well, thank y'all both. I really appreciate your time this morning and yes. um, excited to watch them continue to grow. And happy birthday to Graham. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode chatting with Caitlin and Michael. Definitely give them a follow on Instagram. Tell me what you think about this podcast and all of our other episodes by rating the Little Z Sleep Podcast on the podcast app. And I am excited to kick off this series, how other families do their bedtime routine. So head back next week as we talk to families who are doing bedtime routine solo as solo parents. Sweet dreams. See you next time.